So, mates, welcome to Fox News Black Report as we have plenty to bring you on this Wednesday, January 18th. I'm Courtney Hicks. And I'm Nicordelai Corte. As always, we're honored to stand right here behind this desk each day to take you on a journey across black America and the stories that impact our people. We are dedicated to bring you our news, our views and our voice. So let's tap into today's top story. A police investigation is underway in Dallas after a 14 year old girl shot and killed an 11 year old boy when trying to shoot a girl she was fighting with. It happened in the parking lot of an apartment complex on Sunday afternoon about two. Police say the boy was a bystander that uh, to that disagreement, innocent bystander. He was transported to the hospital where he later died. The suspect, that 14-year-old girl, initially ran but was later taken into custody and remains at a juvenile center. A string of police killings in Los Angeles of young black men has caused serious concern among the city's mayor. In just two days, three men of color were killed by LAPD, one of which involved a black man who was having a mental health crisis. Video of all three police killings have been released to the public. During a press conference, Los Angeles Mayor Karen Bass called the police shootings, quotes, deeply disturbing, saying that, quotes, especially as a former healthcare professional, she's deeply troubled that mental health experts were not called in, even when there was a documented history of past mental health crisis. She also assured the community that a thorough investigation was underway. And to Memphis now, where the police department has relieved all officers related to the traffic stop that ended in the death of Tyree Nichols. Now, according to reports, officers pulled Nichols over for reckless driving. As officers approached, a confrontation occurred and the suspect fled on foot. Officers pursued Nichols and got into another confrontation before he was arrested. That's when Nichols complained of shortness of breath. He was transported to St. Francis Hospital in critical condition, where he died a few days later. The department still hasn't released details on how many officers were involved in that incident. Black lawmakers have had enough when it comes to hate speech. Representative Sheila Jackson Lee of Texas has introduced the Leading Against White Supremacy Act of 2023, looking to place criminal charges on people who share hate speech. According to the congressional website, the bill will prevent and prosecute white supremacy-inspired hate crimes and conspiracy to commit white supremacy-inspired hate crime and to amend Title 18, United States Code, to expand the scope of hate crimes. Those engaging in hate speech could still find criminal charges even if they don't act on those threats. And newly obtained video shows an additional angle of an altercation between Austin police officers and 22-year-old Elijah Wright. Austin police claim Wright punched an officer in the face moments before uh, the viral videos started rolling, but Wright's attorney claims the punch did not happen and APD used excessive force. Fox's Amanda Ruiz has the latest. This is Halo camera video from May 1st, 2022, just before 2 in the morning on East 6th Street. It's hard to see what's happening at first until a man slides into frame. This video was taken the same night as this video. Oh. 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 
A video recorded by a bystander that shows APD officers striking and pinning down 22-year-old Elijah Wright before they took him into custody following a fight. These officers who not only beat Elijah but lied on him, they have a history of doing this to other citizens in Austin. Fox 7 Austin reached out to APD after this initial incident. They wrote back to Fox 7 back in May claiming Wright was one of the aggressors in this situation and hit an officer in the face with his fist, something APD claimed happened moments before the bystander video was taken. Body Months after the initial incident, Wright's lawyer provided Fox 7 with the body cam footage, claiming it proved Wright was not the aggressor in this incident. You see Elijah breaking up the fight. The officer pushes Elijah even though he wasn't the aggressor. Elijah gets up to explain himself, puts his hand on Elijah. Elijah slaps his hand away. The officer then pushes him. Supports our initial claim that Elijah was the victim in this particular predicament. Once again, APD doubled down in a second statement to Fox 7, still calling Wright the aggressor. Almost nine months later, Fox 7 Austin obtained a third angle of this incident coming from Halo cameras. On it, you can see a man believed to be Wright slide on his back and then get up instantly. What happens next happens quick. Wright is pushed to the ground again and police run over to him. He jumps up and you can see what appears to be him throwing a punch before he is tackled by police. This is where the bystander video picks up. Oh! Fox 7 Austin reached out to Wright's attorney and asked if he believed the new Halo camera video shows the punch police claimed in the earlier statements. Justin Moore says it doesn't change his opinion, saying, quote, the newly surfaced Halo footage further confirms APD officers not only assaulted Elijah, but they lied, stating Elijah assaulted an officer. The only thing that can be seen is Elijah protecting himself. Moore stood his ground, backing up his plea to APD to terminate the officers involved. Amanda Ruiz, Fox 7 Austin News. And in a statement, the Austin Police Department said the officers involved were not put on restricted or administrative duty for this incident. Today, an attorney for Derek Chauvin is expected to ask an appeals court to throw out his conviction for the murder of George Floyd. His attorney plans to argue legal and procedural errors deprive Chauvin of a fair trial. Floyd died in 2020 after the former Minneapolis police officer pinned him to the ground with a knee on his neck. Chauvin was found guilty on second degree murder, third degree murder and second degree manslaughter charges. He is sentenced to 22 and a half years in prison. And even if he wins his appeal, Chauvin will still spend more than 20 years behind bars after he pleaded guilty to a federal civil rights charge. I know they talk about, you know, you're not going down without a fight, but he's already down. Yeah. <laughs> and yet he chooses to still fight. My thought on that, good luck. Good luck to him on that. Yeah. I think those charges are pretty solid. And it's, it's interesting. I mean, both of these stories are really a sign of the times. Mm -hmm. You know, both incidents involving police officers, overuse of force. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, this is certainly nothing new. Um, but you know, the only difference is now with, with body cam footage and with the use of, of cell phone video, you know, we're seeing this happen uh, oftentimes in real time. Yeah, you know, looking back uh, on that uh, footage uh, in Austin, uh, it's still very unclear as, um, you know, who, 
you know, may have thrown the, the uh, first punch. Um, but again, with the importance of cell phone video, they may be able to clear something up or come to uh, a middle ground as to uh, what uh, truly happened. Because at the end of the day, uh, this young man was uh, hurt and injured. And uh, taking a look at the video that the uh, witnesses uh, filmed thereafter, uh, you know, one can side on the side of excessive force. So a lot to sort out there. Mm -hmm. But again, uh, body cam and or, uh, you know, viral video videos are really, really turning um, the corner when it comes to justification and whether something is deemed as excessive or not. And it's important to note, you know, officers uh, in the uh, Austin case, officers said that uh, Elijah punch them first, mm -hmm. uh, but that halo cam footage says, nope, didn't happen. Says differently. And even after that, even after that, you know, you, you know, the officers aren't, you know, coming off of their position and saying, well, you know, we were mistaken or anything like that. And so, you know, it's just another example of sometimes without this footage, right, you mm -hmm. know, we are left to believe what ends up in police reports, but everything in police reports isn't always accurate. And so we'll continue to keep our eye on that. We will. They say the camera never lies. All right. It's a happy ending for one family in New York City after the nearly month long search for their loved one is now over now that their sister is home safe and sound. Take a look. And in this cold, and she survived, jumping from train to train, looking and hoping that she's gonna get home. They've been searching day and night for 46-year-old Samantha Denise Primus. As Fox 5 has been telling you, Primus is a developmentally disabled woman who wandered away from her family's home in Elmont on the night before Christmas Eve. After weeks of searching for Primus, who is deaf, nonverbal, and on the autism spectrum, a Christmas miracle came two weeks late. She looked lost, and she looked frail. Her clothes was wet, her pants. She was all... Yeah, she was all in a deplorable condition. Viviana is a friend who's been helping look for Primus for weeks. She spotted her on the one train today, along with another friend who called one of Primus's sisters. I think I, I pulled my hat off and she saw my face and she was just, it was just happiness. But as joyous as their moment is, Primus's family is outraged after they claim a woman matching Primus's description picked her up hours after she vanished and dropped her off at Queens Hospital Center. A doctor evaluated that woman and then released her back on the streets. We look at the facts here and if the Nassau County Police Report is accurate, then clearly this hospital was not only negligent, but also heartless and appropriate legal action will be instituted. This family is just happy to have their sister back. She's safe now and is expected to go home tomorrow. And she'll be just in time for a different kind of party. Now there is no need for a such party. Instead, it's a party. A celebration indeed. That is an absolute miracle. Now, a hospital spokesperson says they are looking into the matter. Now off to Mississippi, where residents still fight to have clean drinking water. Yes, in 2023, residents are fighting for clean drinking water. This is after a Jackson water plant failed following flooding. Now, severe weather is still causing problems in southern Mississippi. Heavy rain triggered flash flood warnings. Grassroots organizers who supported the city residents during the water crisis last summer say that they're now out of resources to help those in need. 
Jackson has one of the oldest water systems in the country, with authorities routinely calling for boil water advisories. It's also said that residents often reporting brown water, leaking sewage, and low water pressure. And shifting gears here, the Golden State Warriors return to the White House as NBA champs, their first trip back since President Obama, despite winning two championships while President Trump was in office. Warriors head coach Steve Kerr and four-time NBA champion Stephon Curry thanked the White House administration for the team's invitation, while Curry's comments were a little bit more personal. Take a look. From the basketball community to thank um, President Biden and his staff uh, for all their hard work and diligence on uh, getting Brittany Griner home. Uh, was a big part of uh, our, our basketball family and it uh, means a lot to know that she's here and home safe with her family and all the work that went on behind the scenes to make that a reality. Indeed, the Golden State Warriors defeated the Boston Celtics 4-2 in the best of seven series last June, making their fourth NBA championship since 2015. Again, this is their first trip back despite winning two championships while President Trump was in office. All right, soulmates, the city of Boston unveiled a new memorial honoring Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and his wife Coretta Scott King, but the 22-foot sculpture is facing backlash from Coretta's side of the family. Since the MLK statue was erected, it's received mixed reviews. One in particular comes from Seneca Scott, Coretta's cousin, who believes the monument shows a different type of embrace. She told CNN this week that, quote, if you can look at it from all angles, and it's probably two people hugging each other, it's four hands, it's not the missing heads that the atrocity uh, uh, other people clamp onto that. Uh, it's a stump that look like a penis. That's a joke. Many on social media agreed, posting a series of memes mocking the work, which reportedly cost $10 million to sculpt. Now, I'm a big fan of the arts. I am an amateur, not amateur, a little bit more than that, but you know, I collect art. And uh, in my view, you know, it may be, you know, an abstract piece of art, but it's art nonetheless. And the value of that art uh, is in the eye of the beholder. And so, you know, I think everybody's welcome to have their different points of view and different perspectives, you know, on it. But it's important to note that this sculpture was based on a photograph of Dr. King and Coretta Scott King uh, following his uh, Nobel Peace Prize win. Now, you know, you know, could there have been, you know, sort of you know, more sculpted, you know, from the waist up, uh, you know, perhaps, you know, but it's abstract art. It's in the eye of the beholder. What say you, Courtney Hicks? Too abstract. I mean, listen, I'm familiar with the, the black and white. It's called the embrace. And I don't know if they needed to do something from you suggested the, the, the waist up or uh, maybe uh, more embellishment of the, the shoulders up. I needed a head or something to, you know, for those who may not be uh, familiar with the picture or, you know, let's, you know, let's go 50 years from now when that monument is still erected. And, and you know, for some or just, you know, tomorrow for somebody to be in Boston and take a look at it or Google it. I think you should kind of sort of immediately know what it is. And it, I think it's too abstract and you and you kind of don't know what it is. And and let me tell you, black folks, in particular black Twitter, uh, uh, had a time uh, with that particular uh, unveiling. And I think the fact that family members have stepped forward and said they don't care for it either uh, kind of lends 
uh, you know, to that truth that it might be just a bit abstract. I'm not knocking art. I'm an artsy fartsy person myself. I get it. But sometimes you can, you know, shoot over the point and miss it. That's my opinion. And I think it looks exactly like a lot what a lot of folks are saying it looks like from a particular angle. <laughs> Coming up, a dangerous and Redo. deadly moment inside of an oh, African yeah. classroom. Real serious situation there. Plus, the concern over robot replacements as a set of new nurses have been deployed into several hospitals. Those stories and more coming up when we return. Do over. Do it over. Do it Welcome back. Just a horrible, shocking story here as a schoolgirl in Africa reportedly died within 30 minutes of being bitten by one of the world's most venomous snakes. That's right. Melody Chipatura was bitten by a black mamba in her high school classroom in Zimbabwe after the snake lunged at her thigh. The Herald Zimbabwe uh, paper reported that uh, Chimtura was rushed to the hospital, but the 17-year-old died before she arrived less than 30 minutes after being bitten by the snake. It remains unclear how the snake got into the classroom, but it's not uncommon for snakes to make their way into buildings on warm days. Now, the highly venomous black mamba can grow up to 14 feet and is considered one of the world's fastest and most venomous snakes. They're native to the savannas of Africa. My goodness. All right, another senseless shooting here as a married couple and their son is convicted of first degree premeditated murder in the fatal shooting of a security guard who demanded the woman's daughter wear a mask while shopping. Uh, they were sentenced this week to life in prison without parole. Larry Teague, wife Charmel, and her son, Raymonier Bishop were sentenced in the shooting death of Calvin Munnerland in May of 2020. Now, according to prosecutors, Munnerland was shot at the store just north of downtown Flint shortly after telling Charmel Teague's daughter she had to leave because she lacked a mask. Bishop's sister, Bria Bishop, was charged with tampering with evidence, lying to police, and being an accessory to, fe to a felony. She was uh, also sentenced in November to time served and probation. Two drug companies are seeking approval from the Food and Drug Administration for gene therapies that may provide what amounts to a cure to sickle cell. But the decision to take the medication, should it become available, is not so simple. Sources say insurers are likely to pay for the part of the treatment that involves using a disabled virus to deliver the therapy, but whether they will pay for, the, for most of the chemo, hospitalization, and other costs is uncertain. Patients worry about bills from the hospital and doctors. Sickle cell disease affects at least 100,000 people in the United States and millions worldwide. It mostly strikes black and Hispanic or Latino people. Uh, people with disease, uh, with the disease, face searing pain, stroke, damage to tissues and organs, and often death at an early age. Staying with healthcare for a minute as hospitals facing ongoing staffing shortages are turning to robots. Years of the COVID-19 pandemic has burned out many healthcare workers to the point where some hospitals are now turning to robotic nursing assistants to help overcome the problems. They are working 24-7 um, with only a short period of time to charge in between. We would need at least six people to do that amount of work. 
Wow, the two robots make about 1,800 deliveries per month and have saved staff members more than 3,100 hours of work. The company that created the robot says using technology isn't about replacing human workers, but about helping lighten their workload so they can focus on patient care. Robots may not completely solve the nation's ongoing nursing shortage, but some say they have been life savers. Now, maybe I might feel differently about this story uh, if I didn't watch the movie Megan with my friend Cameron this weekend in Atlanta. Is that with uh, the doll, the one? This, with, with the, the doll, the, yeah. the, the robot doll mm. uh, that is pitched as a as a doll that can, you know, mm -hmm. it, that can spend time with your kid mm -hmm. and um, it's the best toy that they'll ever have. And, you know, the Megan doll uh, has artificial intelligence, mm -hmm. right? And so, you know, it's constantly learning from people, learning from our habits, right? And at, at some point I worry, do these robots begin to operate more independently of uh, the sort of uh, uh, commands uh, that they might be given by mm -hmm. actual human beings, in this case, actual healthcare professionals. And so I don't know. I don't know if that if that's uh, if that's going to make me feel good as a patient, you knowing know, that I'm getting my my shot, among other things. <laughs> from a robot. You know, no denying, I mean, the technology age has, has done wonders, uh, you know, for our, our, our lifestyles, enhancing, you know, our experience as human beings. I don't think you can totally get away from that human touch. I mean, ask those nurses uh, in New York who, who, who went on strike and, and are back on the job uh, with a tentative agreement. Um, I don't, you know, in my opinion, I don't think, you know, no matter how many robots you put on those floors, uh, there's gonna be, you know, a need for a human touch uh, and physically and 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 metaphorically uh, uh, speaking, and I just don't think you're going to get away with that. So I, I welcome the technology. However, um, let's not forget about how important we—that's right—you know, as the thinkers with the intellect and and the knowledge and the know-how um, are, are going to be needed not only in in the, in the nursing field, but you know, we're here in Detroit, home of the automobile. I know a lot of folks have been faced with being replaced by robots, but at the end of the day, you just can't get away from somebody on that line helping put that car together. And I think the same rings true for uh, this nursing technology robot thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What about that bedside manner? I yeah, don't know. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but you know what I do know is that many black parents have reported disappointment at the lack of lessons about authentic and accurate African-American history and culture in their children's schools. One educator has developed a program to respond to this call to action. Meet Dr. Chike Akua the creator of Reading Revolution Online, a web-based reading support program that helps children build reading skills, confidence, and cultural identity development in less than 15 minutes a day, equipping them for success in schools and in life. With these brief daily lessons, children learn about their black heroes and sheroes. In 2019, the National Assessment of educational progress reported that only 18% of black fourth graders were proficient in reading and only 15% for black eighth graders. To the Mall of America now, uh, as they are facing massive backlash after a video showing an Ethiopian man named Paul Shoro, uh, who went viral over the weekend. Now, the Twitter video shows a security guard saying that Shoro's shirt that read, Jesus saved, is a form of solicitation. The unidentified guard said, quote, it is religious soliciting. There is no soliciting allowed on mall property, which is private property. That's the end of that quote. Now, according to sources, 
Uh, Shoro previously received a 24-hour ban for soliciting the week before uh, for preaching on the property. Shoro mentioned the event while explaining to the security guard that he didn't understand why there was a huge commotion over his shirt. A group of volunteers in Oakland, California are given back on a weekly basis after they say hard times are all too familiar for them. So they want to ease the burden of a meal for so many. Fox's Amber Lee has the story. Hey, you next, right? Okay. Sharon Alexander, with the help of volunteers, feeds the homeless in Oakland every week. She is co-founder of Arthur Jean Safe Place, a nonprofit. I'm doing something that for that one moment in time may help someone else uh, without judgment, with respect. Alexander tells me she was once homeless herself and loves to serve those less fortunate. It's from my heart. I just, it's a passion. But now she says she and her nonprofit will be without a home after January 31st. Clothes and things like that, we'll put them in backpacks and we'll, you know, bring that out too. Alexander runs her nonprofit out of her home in San Pablo. She tells me she's lived here for 12 years, but the property owner's failure to fix multiple code violations is forcing her out. She and her grandson, who volunteers by her side, are packing up and praying that they will find a new home. We're not going to give up, but it's just that... It's, it's very scary, I'd be honest with you. Scared and grieving, she says her partner and the nonprofit's co-founder, Ronald Wolf, died three months ago. Still, she's determined to continue their mission. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. You're welcome. Lynette Vaughn tells me she's battling an addiction to crack cocaine. She says Alexander's weekly offerings of a hot meal are a lifeline. It helps a lot. It helps a lot, you know what I'm saying? She comes up, she comes every Sunday, and you know, we, I'll be right here every Sunday. Alexander says helping others gives her strength. I just keep going one day at a time. One day at a time, I'm looking at resources. My whole world is, seems like it's crumbling down, but I believe that I'm gonna be stronger after we, when we get through this. Alexander is moving most of her belongings into storage. She plans to stay at a motel for two weeks. Beyond that, she says she has faith that things will work out. For more information about her nonprofit, go to the web link section of our website, ktvu.com. In Oakland, Amber Lee, KTVU, Fox 2 News. Our thanks to Amber Lee of KTVU for that story. Not very Close far where from yeah, where I grew, grew up. up. Uh, and, you know, Who'd have thought that, that the lifeline of so many unhoused folks, mm -hmm. right, uh, is now facing homelessness uh, herself. And so we encourage people to go to that KTVU.com uh, website uh, for more information on that charity and how you can be of support. Yeah, I, you know what, listen, you know, your getting is in your giving. And I believe God's universe is going to honor the giving that she's done uh, and, and bless her with a safe uh, home uh, sooner rather than later. I just think it's it's so ironic that the, the giver uh, is is in need, and uh, I just uh, believe that her need will be met uh, because she's met uh, the needs of, of, of so many others. And you had a couple of ties uh, to that story. Not only uh, did you grow up not too far from that area, right. but that reporter there is, yeah, is someone I, you ran into the beginning of your journalism career. That's right. I remember Amber Lee when I uh, interned at Fox KTVU in the wow. Bay Area when I was in college. I remember Amber Lee and you know Leslie Griffith and Dennis Richmond, the legendary Dennis Richmond, and mm -hmm. uh, among 
so many other folks there. And so it's an honor uh, to be in the same Fox TV family wow. as they are today. And now they're watching you and they <laughs> doing your thing here on Fox Hills Black Report. Still ahead, another HBCU will now have a medical program. That's right. We'll tell you which university and the plans for the program when we return. You're watching Fox Hills Black Report. All right, neat quarter lot quartet. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today. And if you didn't catch us at the top of the show, we're going to run back some of today's top headlines. A police investigation is underway in Dallas after a 14 year old girl shot and killed an 11 year old boy when trying to shoot a girl she was having a fight with. It happened in the parking lot of an apartment complex on Sunday afternoon, right around two. Police say the boy was an innocent bystander to that disagreement. He was transported to the hospital where he later died. That 14 year old girl initially ran, but was later taken into custody and remains at a juvenile center. To Memphis now, where the police department has now uh, relieved all officers related to the traffic stop that ended in the death of Tyree Nichols. Now, according to reports, officers pulled over Nichols for reckless driving. And as officers approached, a confrontation occurred. Uh, he fled on foot. Officers pursued him and got into another confrontation before Nichols was arrested. That's when he complained of shortness of breath. He was then transported to St. Francis Hospital in critical condition where he died a few days later. The department still hasn't released details on how many officers were involved in that incident. It is a celebration for a family in New York City after the nearly month long search for their loved one is over now that their sister is home safe and sound. Samantha Denise Primus, a deaf autistic woman who disappeared just before Christmas, uh, was found on the number one train in Lower Manhattan Saturday afternoon. The family is upset to learn that 16 hours after uh, she left on December 23rd, she was taken to a Queens Hospital Center in Jamaica, only to be released at around two in the morning on Christmas Eve and given a list of homeless shelters. A hospital spokesperson says they are looking into the matter. And lastly, Black lawmakers have had enough when it comes to hate speech. Representative Sheila Jackson Lee of Texas has introduced the Leading Against White Supremacy Act of 2023, looking to place criminal charges on people who share hate speech. Now, according to the Congress website, uh, the bill will prevent and prosecute white supremacy inspired hate crime and conspiracy to commit white supremacy inspired hate crime and to amend Title 18 United States code to expand the scope of hate crimes. Now, those engaging in hate speech could still face criminal charges, even if they don't act on those threats. Decordelai, back to you. Thank you, Courtney. And now uh, off to uh, a story with regard to the Mormon church, where a black woman is accusing the Mormon church of racism. Chanel Achenbach, who appeared on the Mormon Stories podcast, is now going viral detailing her experiences of racism within the Mormon church. In the video, she explained how she was told she was not permitted to marry a white man as her, quote, seed was cursed. She was also told that she must only marry a black man to prevent her children from being cursed. Take a listen. Like Utah is not ready for this. Not, I'm not ready for this. The church is not ready for this. He said, 
Utah is not ready for this. And I said, ready for what? He said, interracial marriage. This is not a good thing. So he's a priesthood holder and he is correct. You're not supposed to mix. And I was like, okay, so we go to institute together. We don't commit any sexual sins. We are good friends. My kids love him. Seriously, and the bishop was, he was like sinking in his chair and he was like full of contempt and disdain. He was just like, okay, I already told you. I don't know what more you need me to tell you. So I just went home and I think I cried about that for months. The episode was uploaded this month to the podcast YouTube page, but snippets of her testimony have begun to circulate on other social media platforms such as TikTok. Congress uh, member Kwese Mfume has introduced a congressional resolution asking that the U.S. Postal Service issue a commemorative stamp for Congressman Elijah E. Cummings to honor his life and legacy. Cummings was born in Baltimore and went on to a 23-year career in Congress, representing Maryland's 7th Congressional District. In 2002, he became the chair of the Congressional Black Caucus and later became the chairman of the House Oversight and Reform Committee, where he helped lead the impeachment inquiry into President Donald Trump. Now, the bill to honor a Cummings with a commemorative stamp had 49 original co-sponsors in the House, as well as support of the Cummings family. Cummings died at the age of 68 back in October of 2019. Xavier University and Ochsner Health are teaming up to open a roughly $120 million medical school in the coming years, according to several news sources. It will be the first HBCU medical school in the state of Louisiana. Upon the historic announcement, New Orleans Mayor LaToya Cantrell released a statement saying, quote, the formation of this partnership will further expand both New Orleans and Xavier as an academic center for the nation, building upon our rich community of higher education institutions and attracting students globally. Reports show only 5% of physicians nationally are African-American. Let me tell you, this company just keeps giving it to us. Uncle Nearest Premium Whiskey, the top-selling black-owned spirits brand in the world, has announced the launch of its HBCU Old Fashioned Challenge, a nationwide initiative to raise $1 million for HBCUs. Now, the initiative kicked off uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day and runs through Black History Month and Women's uh, uh, Month. That's in March. The program will raise money to be distributed amongst the country's top 58 ranked HBCUs to use as they see fit. Uncle Nearest not only aims to raise money for these institutions, but to shine a light on their contributions to workforce, to the workforce diversity, and the role they play in economic mobility. For more information on the HBCU Old Fashioned Challenge, including a list of participating bars, restaurants, and retailers, and to follow along on the road to one million rays, visit Old Fashioned Cocktail Dot com. And these are your folks. I know these stories that we've been giving you uh, that uh, concern um, Uncle Nearest, uh, you've been very excited about. And this uh, no less serves as one of them. Very yeah. excited. I mean, Uncle Nearest's story is an incredible story. Mm -hmm. And anybody that's not familiar, I encourage you um, to check it out. It'll make you want to. Uh, seek out that uh, brand of premium seek whiskey. Sip. <laughs> seek and seek sip. Seek and sip, right? <laughs> but this sounds really cool. I'd never heard of sort of like an old-fashioned uh, mm -hmm. challenge. And so, wow. you know, when I wrap up Whole30, 
mm -hmm. uh, that may be uh, at the top of the list. Want to join me? <laughs> I'm not on Whole 30. I can have a sip now. <laughs> yeah. I just, you know, I, it's just I have to make it real like light on the uncle nearest because it'll send me off somewhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got to go light it, on light on the brown, honey. It, it'll send you somewhere, it'll somewhere send me over somewhere the rainbow. Somewhere I don't want to go. <laughs> light on the brown. But it's just a great, uh, amazing effort yeah. as that company just continues to soar and become an example and a leader, not only in that particular industry, the distillery industry, but just, you know, across, you know, the scope of of, of black business. They just keep hitting goals and exceeding, um, you know, expectations. And uh, it's just wonderful to report, you know, on uh, folks like Uncle Nearest and other folks that we have a tendency to tap into here on Fox Souls Black Report, you know, when it comes to black mm -hmm. excellence and, and folks just striving for the best. Well, I can say I'm not really surprised because the co-founders of Uncle Nearest, Fawn Weaver and Keith Weaver, have mm -hmm. a long track record mm -hmm. of giving back to the community. And so uh, I, I actually, I'm not surprised by this, but I'm delighted to see it. Yeah, it's a wonderful thing. All right, up next, entertainment stories you don't want to miss out on. That's right. We'll be right back. You're watching Fox Souls Black Report. Sip and see. <laughs> Cardi B made a glamorous appearance in court after failing to complete community service. That's right, Cardi showed up to a courthouse in Queens where the judge gave her until March 1st to complete her sentence, which includes 15 days of community service. Back in September, the rapper pleaded guilty to third degree assault and reckless endangerment, both misdemeanors, and received 15 days of community service as part of the deal. Cardi's reps, told uh, TMZ that she is dedicated to community service and charitable endeavors and therefore appreciates the court, <laughs> giving her until March 1st to complete her community service commitment in Queens, New York. Cardi will be doing community service this week. I bet you she so be will. Okay. Uh, look, in his new bestseller spare, Prince Harry is acknowledging that his family once generated wealth from exploited workers, thuggery, annexation, and enslaved people. Those are his words. While the royal monarchy has never publicly apologized, modern members of the British family, including Prince William, Harry's brother, and the heir to the throne, have uh, expressed sympathy for their ancestors' connection to the slave trade. Harry has been on a promotional run with his new book, Telling Secrets and His Royal and His Truth as a Royal, which is causing quite a royal stir as King Charles prepares for his coronation to be officially crowned king. Spare has sold over 1.4 million copies thus far, and that's within just maybe a week or yeah. so. Let me tell Amazing. you, letting Harry go, letting him step back from the royal family was probably one of the worst decisions in modern history of the monarchy. So they should have just kept him captive? Because he, he, he knows too much. Yeah. He knows too much, and you know, this book reminds us mm. that Harry is Princess Diana's son. Yes. Princess Diana was the people's princess. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, Harry is on track, you know, to really, you know, leaving his mark in history as sort of the people's prince. Uh, you know, he is he is doing what he can to sort of right these wrongs mm -hmm. now in, in uh, his private life. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, we love to see it. I yeah. mean, you know, he's always doing is sharing the quiet part out loud. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I think the, the royal family would look a lot better, you know, if if they leaned into it. 
Um, and you know, look at what's happening in the world. Look at this movement around not just the United States, but you know, around the world, around reparations, mm -hmm. right? You know, if 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 the monarchy was sincere in their sympathy, then I think they would do a whole lot more. Uh, to try and right these wrongs, especially considering that there are 2.5 billion people that are a part of the Commonwealth, the British Commonwealth, uh, that are largely black and brown folks from around the world. And so, you know, to ignore this really makes them look tone deaf. And, you know, as the popularity builds with this book, mm -hmm. you know, I think a lot of questions are going to be raised and the monarchy is going to be challenged to respond in a meaningful way. Uh, look, listen, which is a good thing. And, and a lot of people across uh, social media have had a lot to say about Harry and his coming forth and the book. And there's no doubt, you know, I believe that uh, Princess Diana loved uh, her sons. Um, but there was a, a special um, knowing that because Harry was the spare, that uh, he might not have gotten uh, the attention uh, that his brother uh, did and has. Uh, and and it, so, it seems like she sort of kind of knew that. And so she sort of kind of um, conducted and governed herself uh, in that way. I know it's led to a lot of debates that she loved one son over the other, uh, but that's really where the title comes from. It's it's the fact that uh, his brother is, is the heir to the throne, as we know, and he is what they call uh, the spare, which is cruel uh, in and of itself, because both those boys are, are very important to that family. Um, but I think this book has just been explosive and folks are all in on it. Well, when you take a break from the book, be sure to pass the milk. Two <laughs> hip-hop legends have entered the cereal business in a major way. Snoop Dogg and Master P have taken their breakfast collaboration to New Heights, revealing this week that they've earned a national distribution deal with Post Cereals. With three new flavors of Snoop cereal on Martin Luther King Day, the two shared a video to celebrate the national deal alongside employees of the Minnesota-based cereal company. It should be noted that Snoop cereal almost didn't happen. The pair were initially forced to rename their cereal brand, which was originally called, get this, Snoop Loops, <laughs> after claiming the cereal industry tried to stall their early success. All right, Black Twitter, it's officially being immortalized in the form of a docuseries tentatively called Black Twitter. The docuseries will chronicle the rise, the moments, uh, the movements, the voices, and the memes that made Black Twitter an influential and dominant force in nearly every aspect of American political and cultural life. Headed by Insecure showrunner and executive producer Prentice Penny, the three-part documentary uh, will premiere on Hulu. Penny says Black Twitter has become the most dynamic subset, not only of Twitter, but of the wider social internet, capable of creating, shaping, and remixing popular culture at light speed. It remains the incubator of nearly every meme worth knowing about. He goes on to say that Black Twitter is a multiverse simultaneously and archive and all-seeing lens into the future. Our experience is universal, our experience is big, our experience is relevant, which is why you have shows like Fox Souls Black Report to talk about it. I did a little research. Amen, somebody. Um, that's right. It's still in production, so they haven't put out a release date just yet. And then I did, did a little bit more digging because I was curious as to how Black Twitter was born. And November, no, uh, make that September the 6th, 2009, at 425, the, the Twitter uh, post is stamped. A girl by the name of Ashley Witherspoon used the hashtag 
hashtag you know your black win and within two hours a huge response and therein lies the birth of black twitter i had no idea Look at Courtney Hicks. You I know. Over, you, you over I here, wanted you to know. Black I needed Twitter's to know for myself. Certificate. Yes. I love it. I needed to know. So, you know, I'm going to be down with this documentary. I want to see it. We've always talked about how huge black Twitter yeah. is, whether they want to acknowledge that or not, which is why we've been paying attention to old boy and Twitter as to, you know, what's going to happen there. That's right. I mean, with Elon Musk becoming, you know, the new owner of Twitter, mm -hmm. uh, I think so many of us, we initially thought, well, what does this mean for mm -hmm. black Twitter? Mm -hmm. You know, and, you know, not just black Twitter, what does it mean for black Twitter here in the United States, but what right. does it mean for black Twitter around Worldwide. the world? What does That's it mean right. for all the online activists that have used Twitter as a tool? Remember the Arab Spring mm -hmm. uh, in Egypt uh, uh, many years ago? Well, they were using Twitter mm -hmm. as an organizing tool, and so uh, we'll continue to stay on the lookout for that documentary, but thank you for uncovering. You're welcome. Uncovering Black Twitter's birth certificate. Indeed. I, I need that to know that That is investigative journalism at its finest. Moving on. <laughs> Read the story, man. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> you know, so, you know, you might have hot sauce in your bag, but what about pink sauce? That's right. Walmart is now selling the controversial pink sauce that went viral on TikTok and Instagram. The sauce gained attention last summer for its color. But concerns surfaced over what was in the sauce. Debates sparking over its ingredients, how it's made, and what it tastes like. According to Walmart, it's made of dragon fruit puree, coconut cream, garlic, ranch flavor, water, sugar, and white vinegar. The sauce is FDA approved and costs just under eight bucks. A Miami-based chef came up with the idea. She was originally selling bottles of homemade sauce online for 20 bucks. And so now you can get it for only right. a little less than eight. Well, good for her. She shored that thing up and now she's on shelves. That's a good thing. All right, be sure to check out Ashley and Dominique Sharpton tonight for their launch of their new talk series, The Sharpton Sisters, right here on Fox Soul. Ashley and Dominique are the daughters of civil rights leader Al Sharpton. Each week, they will sit down with another fellow celebrity offspring who understands the mixed blessing of growing up in both the public and social media eye. Tonight's premiere episode kicks off with a full introduction to the Sharpton sisters. During the first half hour, the sisters sit down with daddy to talk about their childhood and what uh, Reverend Al really thinks of their new talk show. The Sharpton sisters, of course, premieres tonight and then will air every Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, exclusively on Fox Soul. We also love to give our uh, brother and sister shows a lot of love. That's right. That's right. And we and we love to see, uh, you know, the the kin of movement leaders like Reverend Al Sharpton mm -hmm. uh, sort of using their voice and, right. and sharing their perspective and what an interesting perspective uh, it may very well be. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't oftentimes hear from the kids mm -hmm. of, you know, you know, mega activists and movement builders like uh, Al Sharpton, Reverend Al Sharpton. And right. so uh, really looking forward to what they have to say and, mm -hmm. and the things that, that they've seen over the years and the things that they know that uh, we haven't necessarily been privy to. I think just what a fresh perspective uh, to bring to the Fox Soul family. That's right. We'll be uh, sure to check it out tonight. And on the other side of this short break, more black excellence straight ahead right here on Fox Soul's Black Report. That's right. We'll be right back.
right, soulmates, 13-year-old Langston Howard's admiration for the arts and his desire to inspire others through his clothing brand has resulted in landing an opportunity of a lifetime, a New York Fashion Week feature. Ooh, Howard started as a fashion entrepreneur at the Boys and Girls Club of Southeastern Michigan, Detroit, and is the founder and designer of The Top. The clothing line's mission is to motivate people throughout their day. The line consists of numerous pieces, including face masks, hats, and hoodies, with motivational quotes uh, from some of his idols, like fellow Detroiter and rap superstar Big Sean. That's right, and when asked about his designs being featured in 2023's New York Fashion Week, Howard says it, quote, feels amazing, mm -hmm. like I'm a celebrity. New York Fashion Week runs February 10th through the 15th. He is a celebrity. And on to another 11-year-old boy who went viral for his amazing renditions of Broadway songs, lands him a free trip to the Big Apple. That's right, Nathan Broxton's vocal abilities, animated expressions, and admiration for the theater has earned him an opportunity of a lifetime. Guess what? A free trip to New York City to see his <laughs> first live Broadway show, courtesy of Delta Airlines. Hey, Delta. The offer came after the California natives' TikTok video went viral. Days later, the video made its way to Twitter and started generating millions of views. The clip then caught the attention of several individuals from the theater community. Now, details regarding what shows the Broxton family will see or when the event will occur have not been released to the general public. And I know some of you soulmates might have been like, I can't hear, why can't you? Because we didn't pay for the song that he was singing and it's too much money. And yeah, you can look at it. But you can Google search it. For the, that you I was can Google say, it. You know. But people don't understand, you know, every, you know, every time you hear, uh, you know, a song on, on, on TV, especially in a, you would hear uh, Wendy Williams always say, we, we didn't play, we're not gonna pay for it so you don't hear it. it it's a serious business, yeah. so yeah. Um, that's why you didn't hear it. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, but, but cheers to those kids, yeah. you know. Um, you know, what's really great is, you know, something real small that they did where they weren't even sure if, mm -hmm. if everybody was watching, you know, has sort of, you know, gone viral. They've, they've had a viral moment, a very positive mm -hmm. viral moment. Mm -hmm. And I love that you, know, you have companies like Delta and other folks that are sort of stepping up and making really big dreams come true. And so yeah. can you imagine mm -hmm. being that age and being invited to go to New York Fashion Week? Can mm -hmm. you imagine that? Yeah. Uh, can you imagine this? A Kansas Kids Popular Lemonade sold out hours after going on sale, making him the talk of his hometown of Manhattan. That's right, 11-year-old Trey Glasper is being celebrated for his entrepreneurial skills and the success of his all-natural lemonade called Trey's Squeeze that he began selling at a farmer's market with his uncle. He made headlines when he recently sold out of the product in Kansas City an hour after it went on sale at the Hy-Vee grocery store. Trey landed a partnership with the company following a competition at the Hy-Vee Opportunity Inclusive Business Summit. Trey's squeeze flavors include strawberry, wildcat punch, and the occasional watermelon flavor. His family plans to sell Trey's squeeze in additional Hy-Vee stores and other retailers. You gotta love the black excellence. And before we get out of here, we wanna say a special happy birthday and introduce a very special lady to you guys. That's right. Meet, Na meet Nina. 
Willis. That's it. Uh, she's doing nothing but just praising uh, and, and celebrating her 114th birthday. Although bedridden, she's still alert and talking. Her niece says even when her aunt turned 100, she was still sharp as ever. Happy 114th birthday. She's just sitting there praising God, thanking him for another year. That is an amazing life. It's an amazing life. Oh, it's amazing. 114 it's years and old. And she looks fantastic. She does. She does, and so know that your Fox Soul family has has made you an official yes, soulmate. Miss Nina, happy 114th That's birthday, Miss Nina. Same. My grandmother in love is 104, and she's just as snappy and alert, and was eating Thanksgiving dinner like, come on, y'all, more. She's, is it, it's just amazing. Is, My husband's grandmother. Your husband's grandmother. Yes. Oh wow, that's wonderful. That's yeah, wonderful. Amazing. Well, we, we love to see it. You yeah. know, you know, from the youth, you know, to our elders. Uh, that's what it's all about. I'm Nicordelai Corte. I'm Courtney Hicks. Until next time, everybody along the spectrum, stay, stay lifted. lifted.